0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org.
2: This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Comté Cheese Association. Comté, an iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France. Favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at conte-usa.com. That's comte-usa.com.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kara Warren. And I just want to give a really big shout out to the American Cheese Society uh, for the conference last week. It was great. Um, A huge thank you to their teams and the committees that put it together. Um, It was super amazing to see everyone again reconnect. Um, And I think a lot of healing happened at this year's ACS. So a little bit of a side note, but I wanted to to make that a mention uh, for this uh, episode of The Cutting Curd. Um, and I also wanted to announce the winners of the conference, just so everyone knows who, ha- who wasn't able to get to the conference this year. Um, first place went to Whitney by Jasper Hill. Uh, there was a tie for second place. It was uh, Flag Sheep with Beecher's Handmade Cheese. Uh, Bamboozle out of Pittsburgh with, by uh, Goat Rodeo Farm and Dairy. Um, and then in third was Greensward by Jasper Hill and uh, the collab with Murray's Cheese and their team. Uh, so, With that note, I wanted to get into today's show. Today, we have Kara Condon, a cheesemonger from Beautiful Rind, and the most recent winner of CMI, a cheesemonger invitational, in case for some listeners who don't know. Uh, Kara, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's a Kara versus Kara episode. I love it. I know. Best (laughs) team ever. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, So I'm curious. I want to get right into the competition and almost break it down like, level by level because i I feel like there are more levels than when I did it many years ago um, starting with I, I it's multiple choice correct is the first level to to break down this competition right yes okay yes. cool cool so my first thing I wanted to throw at you was um, were there any standout questions for you that you remember from the exam or from uh from the test there that uh you're like, wow, that is that threw me for a loop. Or did you get all of them right? Did they did they give you your um, like feedback? Do you know how many you got right and wrong?
3: You know, I don't. I actually don't know. <laughs> I don't remember that part. <laughs> uh, I know we get a lot of feedback uh, returned back to us.
1: Yeah. No. Okay. Well, did you study for it then? Actually, was there like? Was... I did not study for the written, written test. Wow. Um, I, <laughs> I
3: know maybe it was a ballsy move um but I was really focused on like you know the the perfect bites the perfect pairings and all of that that I didn't really focus too much on that and I was really hoping that you know the last 10 years of being in the industry would just kind of uh get me through the test and I I took the I the CCP exam in 2017. Uh, so I did bring out some of my old flashcards, but I never really got to dig in as much as I wanted to. Uh,
1: okay.
3: So with the written test, I just kind of was like, all
1: right, I'm just going to use what I've got already. Um, no, that's okay. So I, I, I'm curious then, was it your work at, so I, I cheated and looked at, well, I, kn- I know that you work at Beautiful Rhine, but you also worked at Pastoral, which I didn't realize. So yeah. Was that, was that your first cheese shop? Is that the, yeah,
3: I, uh, got hired there almost 10 years ago, uh, in November. Um, and I had no cheese experience previously. I had had uh, a bite of Pleasant Ridge Reserve, uh, at a beer tasting once. And I was like, Oh my God, what is this? And I had to ask like, you know, who are you? Like, what is your role? Like, who are you cheese lady? Uh, and um, it kind of blew my mind that there were all of these amazing cheeses. The Pleasant Ridge Reserve, I had never had a cheese like that. Um, oh,
1: that was your so moment.
3: That was my moment of, holy shit, there's so much I need to eat. <laughs> um, and I started, you know, buying, you know, nicer cheeses at like the the markets. But I remember the first time I walked into Pastoral, I was too nervous to talk to anyone so I bought a sample of green with soda and I left
1: <laughs> very quickly uh, but then, and then how did you you get you went back somehow you had the nerves to go back
3: yeah yeah I I, I took a couple of months to keep eating more cheese and I was like all right I need to I'm gonna try it um and so I had I've been working in a warehouse and that was that wasn't getting me anywhere I wanted to get a job as a graphic designer and that just wasn't cutting it. Um and so I was like, well, whatever. I might as well just get a a job where I can, you know, maybe not be so tired after work. Working in the warehouse is, you know, physically exhausting and there was no air conditioning and those summers were hot. Um and so I yeah. figured maybe a, a retail job will be a little bit more straightforward. I'll have more free time that I could focus on my portfolio and get my big grown up big girl job. And, uh, you know, obviously, that none of that happened. <laughs> I <laughs> stayed in cheese because I found that I very much loved it right away.
1: Oh man. I, I love that. Cause no one intends to be in cheese. It's kind of always a, a windfall in some yeah. ways. Yeah. Um, uh, so I love that. Um so okay running back now to the exam uh, to the I should say CMI, I keep calling it an exam that's like it's it's like the championship of all levels of cheese um <laughs> so <laughs> there was the multiple choice and then what follows after that do you remember
3: yeah yeah so then we moved into a taste test um and so it was five different PDO cheeses um and we had to identify the the name of them the country of origin the milk treatment and type. That was another thing that I was like, oh God, I don't know that I have time to like study for this. Oh, because I had signed up two weeks before. Oh. So I was scrambling to get everything ready. So I kind of had to um, prioritize how much time I was spending on some of the preparation. So I I knew I wasn't going to sit around and practice my blind tasting test, you know, tasting muscles or whatever um i knew that i just had to you know maybe focus on the other challenges uh but i did pretty well on the taste test i know i identified at least 3 by name uh so i got all the other you know attributes
1: so you got 3 out of 5 correct mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome that's pretty yeah. cool so that that goes to show you right there how beautiful rind and pastoral and like the cheesemonger work that you have done already like really helped out there because again to Figure out the milk type. I mean, there's no rind showing on this, right? It's just the cheese is cut, so it's it's really like you can't tell what it is.
3: Um, I think there must have
1: been. Rind. I would imagine there had to have been rind. Okay. 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 All right. So then, okay, you get through the taste test, and then is yes. it perfect? bite time? Is that no? Is that... Oh, no, you gotta wait. Hold on. <laughs> okay. There's so
3: much to do. It's a busy day. It's like a ten-hour day. Like it's it's <laughs> this is like a, to me. It's a <laughs> it's a shift, you know? Uh, and so then we moved on to, um, a cut, a few cut tests and like paper wrapping. Um, so we were, I think it was like 45 seconds where we had to, we had, you know, we were given a cheese and we had to do two quarter pound cuts, Um, and you got points for as how close you were to a perfect 0.25. Um, and then you had to take those cuts and do a paper wrap for like, you know, um, for purchase or retail wrap, uh, and then do a plastic like glass wrap on two other pieces. So there was like a half wheel and like a quarter wheel of Alpine
1: cheeses, um, and how did you, how did you fare on that? Because I, I love the glass. Glass wrapping is still my favorite thing to do. Even at home, I, I like try to show off. I'm like, It's oh, so look at satisfying.
3: This. Invisible. There, <laughs> it's such a weird, satisfying thing to do and do well. Um, yeah. I only wrapped one of my cheeses. I didn't realize, because there were like two stations, two wrap stations. And I thought it was, and I was like the last contestant going. My, my number was like 23. So I was the, actually the last person to do a lot of these things. Uh, and so because also because I was an odd number, I thought the th- two people were supposed to be rapping at the same time. So I didn't know <laughs> I had another cheese to wrap. Uh, so I spent like the 45 seconds doing the one and or maybe 35 seconds. And then I was like, OK, so now what? And they're like, you have to wrap that one. I'm like, oh, shoot. Ah. <laughs> um, so that was a, a bozo move on my part, too. Uh, so I didn't walk away feeling like, oh, my gosh, I'm nailing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you're not really comparing yourself to other people there. So it's just, you're like, oh, I don't know how I felt about that one. Just keep going. Just Because mm-hmm. there's not, you're, Adam Moskowitz is, you know, adamant over and over again that it is you know, not a competition, uh, but it's true. <laughs> you know, you, <laughs> I wasn't looking at the other mongers like oh gosh we gotta you know i gotta up my game i saw them do you know something it's like no we were all helping each other it was not i'm not a very competitive person (laughs) i never really had uh that instinct during during cmi
1: It's a very humble industry i think that's why uh so many of us get along so well the egos are uh there are some but not too many so i love that
3: um ego doesn't get you very far yeah exactly
1: Um, okay. So you, you did a cut and wrap. What happens after cut and wrap?
3: Well, then it was the aroma test and I had just had my hands all over some stinky Alpine dogs. So (laughs) I was like, I couldn't smell anything. Uh, and the, the, like, I was going to say the tasters, but they're not, you're not tasting them. The smellers, the the little uh, vials that were uh, smelling were pretty tiny. So I, I got a perfect zero. Really? Yes. And I was like, Oh my God, I swear I have a nose. Uh, It was kind of embarrassing, but, uh, and that was actually the only score I saw. And they, they gave us our feedback like folders um, before the finals were announced or while they were being announced. So I was trying to pay attention, but I also was kind of curious to see. I was so excited to see all this feedback. Um, and I opened up the folder, and the first thing I saw was the zero on the aroma test. And I was like, oh, I'm not too worried about making the finals. Because <laughs> I didn't think I'd have a, a, a shot after, you know, completely bombing one of the, the challenges. Um You were a but,
1: major underdog as far as I'm hearing right now. Like, this is yeah, insane. Yeah, I did this.
3: I I was not like going into finals thinking like, Oh yeah, <laughs> I've
1: got it. I was just like, Oh, I don't know.
3: I saw my zero on the aroma test. So I was like, Oh, I don't have to worry about going up on stage.
1: Right. Sure. Oops. <laughs> Little did and you know. I, and then I was
3: the last person to get called on stage. So like I've heard all these names get called. I'm like, Oh my gosh, there's no chance I'm getting called. This is kind of great. Cause I was really nervous. I was pretty uh, outspoken on thinking that I had no interest in being on stage. And I guess maybe interest, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was scared. I didn't want to do anything on stage. Uh, and so I was telling people, I was like, oh, I just want to get sixth place <laughs> so I could do really <laughs> well, but not have to be in front of people. Um, I was just nervous.
1: I, w- I was the same way. I, I would always say, it. I'll take 11th. That, that'll be the yeah. best for me. <laughs> yeah. Like, Good and
3: enough. <laughs> I mean, I, and, like, I was just happy to be there and to be doing it.
1: All right. So we, we just finished the aroma test. What's mm-hmm. next after aroma now?
3: Uh, so then it was salesmanship. Uh, and so we had our little, little fake cheese shop. Uh, and I was um, picking out cheeses for a graduation party. For ten people, and there was one pregnant guest, so they were looking for pasteurized cheeses. And I gave her, I think it was Mount Tam. Yeah. And uh, Rispens which I still am unsure of. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I think it's raw. <laughs> but you made it charming. You somehow. Oh no, it is it, it is pasteurized. It. Okay, I just looked it up. Yeah, okay. uh, I was like. Uh, no, I, I was able to get her two pasteurized cheeses, um, and that was fun. I think I, I did pretty well on that. Uh, and then it went on to the Perfect Beverage, Perfect Slate, and Perfect Bite.
1: Um, All right. There's three now. I keep thinking there's only two. That's amazing. Okay, so yeah. talk to us first about your Perfect Bite. What did, What was it? How did you prepare for it? Oh, well, I, okay, so the Perfect
3: Bite, I was assigned Rogue's Caveman Blue. Uh, I was kind of stoked because on my, like, first day at Pastoral, they were opening the Bar Pastoral, which was the adjoining wine bar business. Um, and so a lot of the cheesemakers were in town. I know Allison Hooper was there. And I met Dave Gremmel's, like, my first day. And they were like, oh, this is a cheesemaker. And it was in November, so Rogue River Blue was just about to come out. And I had just learned that that was, like, the best cheese in the U S and this is, you know, 2012, it was really making waves still is. Um, but, uh, it was so cool to meet such a big deal dude right away. And I was mm-hmm. like, Oh my gosh, like, if this is how it's going to go. I'm meeting cheese makers every day. Holy cow. So to, to be able to have to work with a rogue cheese for CMI it was really cool and full circle y and kind of had like a nice connection to it. Um, and so I, one of my early fun cheese, you know, epiphanies was blue cheese and chocolate. I remember trying Chiraboga Blue and a chocolate covered Piedra, like maybe on my stage. And uh, like, I wasn't even hired at pastoral yet. And I was like, holy heck, what is going on? What is in my mouth? Like blue cheese and chocolate, this is nuts. Like, it was like the first of many uh, <laughs> wow moments for me. And uh, so that, that was kind of where I, what I wanted to honor maybe. Uh, so I used a mini toast and I had um, this chocolate, ganache that was made with a, a, a stout beer with, that had some almond in it um, and for <laughs> how much beer was used in the ganache I'm shocked that like the almond kind of really came through mm-hmm. uh, which I think really was a good which was awesome I was really pleased with that because it kind of helped bring out a little bit of like the vanilla flavors of the of the cheese Uh, and I topped it with a like dried cherry that I had soaked in orange juice. Um, so it was kind of like, I don't even know what you call it, but it was like a reconstituted dried cherry and it had nice acidity to it because of the orange juice. And there was like some extra sugar and stuff.
1: That sounds amazing. That sounds really, really cool. I, I mean, I love that you had that inspiration. You added the beer to it, the stout beer. That actually reminded me that you, you worked at Goose Island. So you have yeah. like a, a beer background as well. Yes. That it yeah. sounds like influenced your perfect bite in such a way that was really awesome. Yeah, a little, a
3: little subtlety there. Um, and then I topped it with a little bit of dried thyme or fresh thyme, I guess. Oh. Just for a little savory and kind of help with the cherry and kind of help balance out some of, the, some of the sweetness to it.
1: I didn't expect that. That's very yeah. cool. Oh, yeah. I could see how that like started the judges on like their mind because cheese and chocolate is like amazing, but to bring it up to the next levels where there's a twist on it. Um, yeah. I like that you put fresh time to it. That's cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So you got your perfect bike done. Then is it perfect sleep that you have to mm-hmm. think about? Then what, what, is, what is that exactly?
3: Uh, we had, like a half hour, um, we were assigned a cheese. So for this one, I had Hollerhocker, another cheese I
1: was more than stoked to to get. Do you do um, you know in advance that you get Hawker, or is it a surprise situation?
3: Uh, no, so I, uh, I found out as soon as I had a, like... Once you applied?
1: Yeah. I'm okay, right so right it's away. not like in the moment of the competition, or like, oh, here's, no. here's oh, this no. cheese, make a slate. Okay, so oh, you God, have noticed. No. Well, yeah. you never know. I mean, it's, it is Cheesemonger Invitational. Right, right. I <laughs> they, could, they could throw you under the bus. You never yeah. know. Um, okay, so perfect slate. Um, yeah. So hawker. Yep.
3: We, I had time. I, had a, I, I came in with a plan. Uh, I also had to fly with all of this food. So I really? Like, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, um, I live in Chicago, so I um, was staying with a friend in Queens, uh, and I didn't want to do any cooking in her house. Because uh, that seemed pretty obnoxious, and also the days leading up to it, you're we're in education sessions that are intense. It's nine to five. Uh, we get like little breaks here and there, but um, it, you know, at the end of the day, you're kind of your brain's kind of saturated. <laughs> yeah. and so I really wanted to get all my stuff done ahead of time, so I had to, you know, travel with all of this stuff. Um. So I had to go in with a. A really solid plan that's why right, the like, two weeks leading into uh, the competition oh. I was really focused on getting all of
1: those things in order okay okay that makes sense so yeah. okay so you plan for it and by yeah. planning does that mean like you have to think about the shapes and and like what else goes on the slate because I'm trying to remember this part of it but I always confuse like perfect bite a little bit with The Perfect Slate, I think, because they're sort of similar. So what makes The Perfect Slate, you know, that? So
3: The Perfect Slate is meant to be like a two-person, like appetizer, starter, sort of composed cheese plate. So if it has a theme, that's cool, but it just needs to be like cohesive. It needs to serve two people. Um, I know it sounded Based on the parameters that we were given, it sounded like a lot of times people do, you know, a whole pound of cheese on there, and they're like, "That's you know, that's not what you're looking for." I think I ended up putting like only four little long triangles of uh, holler hawker on it, um, trying to make sure that it was you know portioned appropriately. Um, and then I also had um, some lady Edison ham. I had cherry mustarda. I had made a, like an almond brittle, um, and can you tell me about it, the
1: almond brittle by the way? Cause I've heard through a friend, our similar friend about this <laughs> almond brittle and it wasn't just like a first run at the almond brittle. You, you tried it twice from what I understand.
3: Yeah. And actually, um, I made an orgia, I believe that's what it's called. Part of the concept for my perfect plate was playing off of the intersection of tiki and alpine flavors. So I wanted to work with like almond, cherry, uh, pineapple. And I mean, I think ham works in both situations as well. So I was kind of playing around with that. So I had made the orja, which is commonly found in, in tiki drinks. Uh, and so then I used that to make an almond brittle. And um, so it was like super, super almondy. Um, and then I tossed it in, uh, an orange salt that I had made. Like I zested an orange and then like kind of rubbed salt together in with it to kind of aromatize. Aroma,
1: uh, yeah. Aromat- <laughs> no, that uh, sounds amazing. I love it. So there was that there. like
3: brightness to it, but it was still salty and sweet and had that little bit of citrus lift to it. Um, so that was really fun. I was really proud of that. And then I also had some rum raisins on the
1: on the slate. Wow. I mean, yeah. that is so cool. I love that it's an alpine tiki combo. I yeah, would... but it
3: wasn't ever trying to be like
2: tiki or uh, okay. you know,
3: it was just like that like little nod to it. Okay,
1: subtle. It wasn't like over the top.
3: No, no, and then I had like some chive blossoms on the on the plate as well for some color.
1: Damn, I want to get the recipe for the almond brittle and actually the whole thing. I really do. <laughs> I mean, it just sounds good. I like just want to eat this. Yeah, um, and and the
3: thing was, I also wanted to keep it pretty straightforward. I, I didn't want to get too wild with it. Um, so that was
1: I don't know. It was no, a, but it's very it easy to do. To that. be
3: like restrained. And still inspired,
1: I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Balance. Good for you that you like knew the line. I I, I messed it up when I did it. It was, <laughs> I went too far. So I'm glad you had the the mindset to to be subtle. That's that's <laughs> awesome. Um, all right, so we got two out of the three pairing pairing orientated situations. The last one, um, perfect pairing, is perfect a beverage. drink combo. Yeah, yeah cool. Uh huh. So what's
3: that? So, oh, this was weird too. So I was still <laughs> in that that tiki mindset a little bit, and um, and I was thinking about tiki drinks with holler because holler hawker was my my cheese for the perfect beverage as well. Oh, Okay. Uh, and one of my good friends is a bartender and loves all of those you know fun fruity drinks, and um, and so I was like. We were working on maybe trying a few of the, like the coffee based tiki drinks with with Holler Hocker, And we were doing recipes and, you know, we were, we tried a few things and nothing was tasting good. And he had this giant like clown sized bottle of Galliano Ristretto, which is like an Italian coffee liqueur. And the bottle itself, I have like the 375, milliliter bottle in my house right now and it's like as tall as a wine bottle the 750 is like two wine bottles tall it is (laughs) an absurd thing to have uh in your house uh and it's hard to find and buy i don't know that it's popular anymore um but we tried that and we're like okay the coffee liqueur on its own is is interesting and cool but it's not right uh and then we tried the pineapple juice on its own and we're like okay that's cool too but it's not right and then we were like, "What if we just mix the two of them together like just as a starting point, just as a you know let's see what we can do And I tasted that, and I was like, "Nope, that's it. Wow, somehow, those two things, which I still do not think sound very enticing uh, <laughs> and and I tried it with other coffee liqueurs, I tried it with other like options. It had to be the Caliano <laughs> ristretto. And uh and then I garnished it with a dried orange wheel and that kind of helped bring out the pineapple acidity. It kind of balanced it out a little bit more. And I think with the Hollerhawker, it was it ended up being such a fun pairing. And it was the, the journey was just as fun for me too. And I was really excited to present uh, This as a pairing option for Holler Hawker, and so like when I finally had that nailed down, I was like, okay, let's do this thing. (laughs) I was feeling
1: good. Um, It's it sounds very it is very unexpected sounding, I will say. Um, Yeah, it
3: sounds bonkers, and it it just turned out so well.
1: Okay, so perfect beverage done, and uh, you had artwork to display with this. How did how did that look? What what was it? I went real
3: simple. Um, I just, that morning I made a few like typography based signs on Canva (laughs) and printed them at my friend's house. Uh, it wasn't, I I wasn't going to mess around with illustrations or get too fancy. Uh, I wrote a little blurb explaining each, each pairing or like each, you know, the concept or kind of gave like a, a little information about each thing. Um, but otherwise I kept it pretty, pretty clean and pretty straightforward.
1: Actually, your graphic design side of your life probably really helped out on this point. I would imagine. Yeah,
3: I, I did go to school for that and, uh, have been doing that at all of my jobs. Since then.
1: <laughs> so. Mark, You've done some marketing for the cheese shops, you're saying a little bit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. That's cool to know about you. I didn't, I didn't realize that side of you cheese and marketing. Yeah there it yeah, is that's um, my
3: that's my that's my da- my jam
1: <laughs> love it love it okay cool well um right now i'd love for us to take a quick break before we get to the on stage stuff so hey everyone you're listening to cutting the curd with me kara warren and my guest kara condon so kara versus kara and we will be <laughs> right back
2: This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Comté Cheese Association. Comté Cheese Association represents the Comté PDO, Comté Protected Designation of Origin, in the USA. Comté is a raw milk cooked pressed cheese from the Jura Mountains of France. There, every day, 2,500 family farms deliver milk to over 150 local cheesemaking facilities, or fruitiers. This milk must be transformed into Comté within 24 hours of milking to preserve the lactic microflora in the milk, ensuring the cheese's aromatic potential. About 105 gallons of milk are required to craft a single wheel of Comté. Comté takes time to acquire its flavors in the affinage cellars. After eight months of aging by dedicated affineur on average, each wheel of Comté is graded and shipped to market. No wheel of Comté is the same. That's C-O-M-T-E-USA dot com.
0: Hi, I'm Harry Rosenbloom from the Time for Lunch podcast. And one way that Heritage Radio Network has impacted me is it has given me the opportunity to sit down and talk with hundreds of people from all over the world and different cultures. And it is always eye-opening the things that I learn and get to share on Heritage Radio Network.
3: HRN is home to transformative exchanges about food. We hope our diverse lineup of shows opens your eyes, educates, and empowers. Join us during our summer membership drive by donating and becoming a member. Members play an essential role in keeping nonprofit food radio on the air. Go to heritageradionetwork.org/donate to become a member today. Thank you for your support.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to Kind of Curd. I'm your host Kara Warren, and I'm here with Kara Condon, uh, the amazing CMI winner of 2022. She is just filling us in on all the different levels that it takes to get through this competition. Uh, right now, I'm excited to get to the on-stage bit because, unless I missed a level, but I think it—you should be almost at the stage part right now. Am I right? Yeah, Kat? no,
3: we're, yeah, we're ready.
1: <laughs> okay, cool. We're ready. I mean, it, it's a lot you had to go through. Um, mm-hmm. So. Uh, they go through, is it go to top five right away? Or is there like a little bit, is there like a top 10 they first go to? I can't, I'm trying to remember this.
3: No. So you have no idea on standings or anything. Like you don't know how you're doing at all. Um, Which I think is kind of nice because then you're not worried about it. Um, I, like I said, I got my feedback folder and peeped at my zero (laughs) <laughs> on the aroma test. So I was like, Oh, I'm off the hook. Um, <laughs> but there was like some downtime after the, t- the 10th challenge. Uh, and we get to mingle and, you know, chit chat with everyone and be like, okay, what did you think about this? And what, oh, how'd you do there? How are you feeling? And, um, it's a, it's an <laughs> anxious two
1: hours before they announce the the winners. Oh, that's a long, that's a long time actually. So yeah, you were, were you nervous at this point? Uh I was content, I would
3: say. Like I was happy with everything that had happened. I wasn't feeling particularly confident, so that's not really right, right. Ever something I would feel, especially in a competition situation. Uh I was just I was relieved to be done with the main part of it and I was hoping to not have to go on stage. <laughs> right, right. So, okay, let
1: me, let me flip this on you. When mm-hmm. did you know that you might win CMI? When did it start to settle in that you were, like, closing in on a win?
3: Um, when they read the second place name.
1: Oh, no way. It got like, got a very
3: – oh, yeah. <laughs> they got... called the third place name, and I was like, that's not my name. And then they called the second place name, and that wasn't my name either. And I was like, what the – Just happened. (laughs) I was like, there are so many pictures of me looking like a ghost lady. I I mean, I really, even during the finals, I never thought I, I was going to win the whole thing at all.
1: Well, because never
3: ever that
1: inkling, right? So, but like when you're on stage, you have to have like a coherent message. So when they're asking you questions, like about what your favorite cheese is, or I, I mean. How were you able to think on stage? Because I feel like I would have some stage fright or something. Like, how did that? How did that? Oh, me too. I I just
3: the the first question they ask is um what is what's your favorite cheese? Uh, and even though I'm in a room surrounded by cheesemakers and cheeses, it's hard to think of any one cheese. You know, like there's so many. (laughs) How do I pick one? Like I'm a monger. People have asked me my favorite cheese for you know ten years, and I still don't have a good answer for that. Um, but I figured start with my first favorite pleasant range reserve. So that's what I, I talked about. Um, and I was really nervous on stage at first. And then I started to like, after the second or third, um, competi- or like round or mm-hmm. whatever on, on stage, I started to get a little bit more comfortable and relaxed and was like, I'm just going to enjoy that. And that's uh when my best friend threw the Bulls jersey up to me. And I was like, OK, yeah, let's put that on. Let's do this. Let's have some fun.
1: Yeah, I, I think that was great, too. I mean, you really I mean, it was cool. I was like, this girl is repping Chicago in the best kind of way. <laughs> well, and, and yeah. yeah. Uh,
3: my, my good buddy, Jordan Edwards from the pastoral days, he had sent me a a picture of his Rodman Jersey that morning. And I, he and I used to wear, I wear a Pippin Jersey typically. Um, but he'd wear his Rodman and wear Pippin. And so he was like, I got this on good luck today. And I was, I texted my best friend who I knew was going to show up later. And she has that beautiful Gold Jordan jersey. And I was like, Maggie, just in case, Mm -hmm. do well, will you bring it? And so she was standing next to me when my name got called. And she's like trying to get it out of her purse and hand it to me so I can take it up on stage with me. And I was just like, oh, no, that's weird. I feel stupid now. Like, no, I don't want that. We're (laughs) we're just like, abort, abort. Like, we're good to change plans. (laughs) Uh, And so then after, you know, a few rounds on stage, I was like, ah, whatever. Give me that jersey. <laughs> There's a cute picture of Reese, uh, t- like, tying it on me, and I was just like, I don't know what to do. Here we go. Let's
1: it's do it. Per- it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. So, okay, you finally win CMI, which is a huge honor. I, I Not many women have done so, so I was thrilled to see you be the top yeah. of the pack there, which is really, yeah. really cool. So super congratulations. Thank um, you. How has it changed your life since it's been strange. Uh,
3: I I mean, I certainly didn't go with the intent to win. Uh, so that was pretty shocking to then have to like, because then everyone's like, okay, so what are you doing next? I'm like, oh gosh, I don't know. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. That's why I did this in the first place to kind of <laughs> help me figure it out. Right. Um, but I mean, people have been coming into the shop nonstop. And I've been on AM radio a lot. Uh, So I'm hitting the AM radio listeners pretty hard and they're coming into the shop. Um, It's funny how many people actually announce it to me and say, Oh, I heard you on the radio or, Oh, who's the owner of the shop? I, I heard them on an NPR or like, and I'm like, Oh, that was, that was me, (laughs) you know? And it's just Everyone wants to talk about it, and I didn't expect that to to happen I mean, most of that is because of the uh, uh the New york times coverage
1: right, which was i mean there's a picture of you in the New York Times right yeah <laughs> what? like it. what <laughs>
3: that it what
1: that is I'm amazing. Still,
3: in shock, um, but I was I was surprised that so many, you know, customers would would get wind of this, mm-hmm. um, and you know they love they love coming in. We have we have people asking if I'm going to be there when they're making their reservations, and people like wanting to take pictures of me. Like it's bizarre. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, someone told me the other day they're like, "Oh, you're just so humble." Like, what did you expect? I'm a cheesemonger. Like, I I don't know what, what would you, did you want me to, like, pull some, like, Gordon Ramsays? Did you want me to yell at you? Like, what, what, are, you, what are you looking for here?
1: Oh, my goodness. I love that. There's so much curd nerd love out there. Um, yeah. That's freaking great. Um, okay, so besides bragging rights, what else did you win?
3: Uh, so there's a the cash prize. Uh, so that was pretty <laughs> pretty exciting for me. Uh, and then there are trips. So there's, um, there's a finalist trip, which I don't have any details on just yet. Um, and then there's, uh, like a European trip for the, for the first place winner. So, uh, well done. I think I make get to go to Switzerland in
1: September. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to look forward to your recap on that. Oh,
3: my God.
1: I can't wait. Oh, cool. That's very cool. I haven't been to Switzerland myself yet. It's on my list. Um, yeah. That's I haven't really cool. I haven't been either, so it'll be uh, very cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, one of my final questions is, uh, what advice would you offer to cheesemongers competing in upcoming CMIs?
3: you got to go with an open heart. Uh, there's so much value in the education and the uh, camaraderie between the mongers leading up to it. You know, there was something really special. The, the first day Adam asked us, you know, who's nervous? And we all raised our hands. And we were, like, shaken and, like, sweating and acting like losers. And, you know, he was like, okay, that's not what this is about. You're here to learn. You're here to, to do it. Uh, and every day he'd ask us who was nervous. And even the day of he asked us, okay, who's nervous now? And by that time we were, had all lost our nerves. We were all just in it. And it was just such a cool transformation. Um, I guess my only advice is to do it and do it with a, a, you know, an open heart.
1: Great. I love it. I mean, that's that's the the true nature of cheesemongers that you were talking about. So I love that. It's perfect. Kara, um, I just want to say thank you for coming on the show today. This has been a pleasure.
3: This has been so fun. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, totally. Well, and I look forward to your future news, uh, Switzerland plus other cheesemongering or cheese-related uh, gigs. I, I can see you're going to go far in the biz. So I'm, I'm looking forward into learning more from you as you uh, go through this cheese life Um <laughs> So I just want to say a big thank you for that. Um, now to oh, the listeners out there, um, I just want to say, please follow Kara on Instagram at Kara underscore Anne. And you can follow us at Cutting the Curd or myself at Kara Warren. And please listen and subscribe to Cutting the Curd via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks, and eat more cheese. Mm-hmm. Cutting the Curd is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you